Hey, well, listen, last week we began a little three-part mini-series in the middle of our larger series. We're in this series called Becoming the Church, where we're taking a fresh look at what it really means to be people who are learning all over again. What does it actually mean to be the church, the church of Jesus, God's church? And and so right in the midst of this, we're in this three-part mini-series on being a ministering community. Now, last week, we, we began this by looking at an incredible story in Acts chapter 10. It's the story of two men, very, very diverse men, who both had visions from the Lord. The first man is Cornelius. Yeah, Cornelius uh, was a Roman soldier. It says that uh, he was a God-fearer, but he hadn't yet had an encounter with Jesus yet. Uh, but, but he had a love for God, even though he was still searching for like a true expression of, of what that would actually end up being like in his life. So Cornelius, Roman soldier, receives a vision from the Lord. But the second man who also received a vision just about simultaneously was Peter. Now, Peter, this is the apostle Peter, uh, went on to even write a couple of books that we have in the New Testament, First and Second Peter. Peter, disciple of Jesus, also received a vision. And these visions were incredible. We talked about them last week. You can go back online, right onto our YouTube channel. You can watch that message if you missed it. But listen, this, the, uh, God showing up in both of their lives in these two visions ended up bringing these two men together. And when that happened, man, the dam burst that had been keeping the living water of Jesus from flowing freely to the entire world. And so, man, it just, God just broke down that dam, showed Peter some incredible things about how to move beyond just his customs, traditions, and even some ethnic prejudice to move into a new season of ministry in the life of Jesus. And I'll tell you, our church, our lives are different because of that encounter. But today we're going to go even a little deeper, and, and what we're because what, what we're going to find out in the conversation that these two men had, Cornelius and Peter, that's captured in the back half of, of Acts chapter ten. During this conversation, was this incredible encounter where we're going to find two things that they were discovering about becoming the church and about becoming a ministering church, and it has to do with these two realities how to receive ministry, and how to give ministry. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the first of those two, how to be people who receive ministry. Next week we're going to be taking a deeper dive into how to be people who give ministry. But every church needs to be experiencing both, both of those realities, being people who receive ministry and being people who give ministry. Because every church needs to be a ministering community. And there's these two halves to that ministry, the receiving and the giving. Before we get to Acts chapter 10 and and their conversation, I just want to look briefly at, at how the Apostle Paul wrote about this same thing, about both giving and receiving ministry. And it's in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. And this is the way the Apostle Paul talked about it. He said, now these are the gifts 
Christ gave to the church. Apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So what we read here is that God raises up leaders. Now, like right now in this very instance, I would represent one of those kinds of leaders. It talks in here about shepherds. I'm, I'm a shepherd of God's flock here at SM4. So God raises up leaders to give ministry, right? To give ministry, it says, to the saints. That's you. You are a saint. You may not always feel like a saint. Sometimes may even struggle to act like a saint. But what scripture says is that if you have given your life to Jesus, you've been redeemed, you are a saint. So whoever is next to you right now, punch them in the arm and just tell them, yeah, I'm a saint. Don't forget it. So God raises up leaders to give ministry to the saints who then are receiving ministry. But if you look at what it says, it says that this equipping that happens is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So in reality, there's the giving of ministry and the receiving of ministry that is actually designed to turn around that the more ministry can be given away by who? By you, by the saints. So there's this beautiful cycle of ministry that's happening. And can I tell you that some of that ministry that you give away just actually comes back and blesses me as one of the ministry leaders. When our worship team is leading, man, when, when, pe- when people are playing on instruments and there's leadership going on by other people, man, I am blessed. I receive ministry. So we're all in this process. Doesn't matter what role we play in the church right now, but I'll tell you, we're all in this process of both receiving and giving ministry. That's what it looks like to be a ministering church where we're all in this together, all of us receiving and giving ministry. Now, when both of those things are happening, both the giving and receiving, I'll tell you what, it is a beautiful thing to behold. But when it's not happening, when one or both, uh, usually it's one of those that will take a hit in people's lives and they either stop receiving or they stop giving. I really see two dangers in that. And, and it can actually be very, really terrible, which I'll talk about just in a moment. But the first danger that, that I really perceive is when ministry leaders stop receiving. Right? And I'm not just talking about pastors. I'm talking about anybody who is a giver of ministry. When givers of ministry stop actually receiving, there's a danger there. Man, our lives can get so uh, dried up so quick. I mean, we're, we're giving out the living water of Jesus, you know, day after day, week after week, season after season, year after year. But if we are not stopping ourselves to drink of that living water, right, to dip our hands into it and, and ref, be refreshed ourselves, there's a real danger there. And I've watched leaders' lives just dry up and, and really become devastated because all they do is give and they don't receive 
and they just, they, they dry up, they burn out, and they blow away. And I, I bet that many of you have seen that as well. It's a tragedy, and it's something that I have to guard my heart against. I have to spend time in the Word. I have to spend time in worship. I have to spend time receiving from you. Because pastors and all other ministry leaders, including you, can become burned out if you're not receiving, if you're only giving, giving, giving. I want to just take a moment to kind of give a shout out, a thank you to so many of you from our church family who have reached out to be an encouraging, an encouragement and a blessing to me even during these past five months of quarantine and lockdown and we're not meeting together. And so we missed that opportunity to, to give hugs and to, to give those real personal greetings and blessings. But so many of you have reached out in beautiful ways through written notes, through emails, some of them even just putting a post-it note on something and sending it to be an encouragement. And I'll tell you what, it has made such a difference in my life. So I'm just going to give some shout outs. I think you might be surprised by how many people are on this list. And listen, I know that I've forgotten some in here. So please forgive me in advance if I don't mention your name. But I'll tell you, Cindy Slay, thank you. Greg Follett, Kathy Boone, Judith Sterling, Janine Miller, Victor and Vicki Cabaton, Dennis and Debbie Jordan, Thank you, Gloria Castellanos, Ken and Rosa Rebhan, Ron and Rose Cockrell, Richard and Lori Crane, Rhonda Nelson from Utah, we love you, Shandon and Brian Herrera, Hunter and Carla Jameson, Jake and Adele Miranda, Rafael and Mary Jimenez, Susie Castro, Ashley Furtado, thank you, Debbie Ormsby, Beto and Amelia Paz, and Kathy Alexander. Ah, man, and literally we're like keeping a stack in our home of, of just blessings that as you've sent in to just say thank you and to encourage and to bless not only me, not only Kelly, but our, our whole ministry team here at Santa Maria Fourscore Church, it means so much because I know that I cannot just be a giver of ministry. I need to receive ministry and from you it's even more sweet and special. So if you're part of our church, uh, this is not some guilt trip, right? Like, oh man, you need to be right in your pastors. No, this is a reminder. If you go to our church, do it, right? Find someone to, that's, that's uh, giving of ministry to just encourage them, to bless them, to, to tell them how much their ministry means in your life. But listen, maybe you're visiting even in today, just dropping in from another church. Great reminder for all of us to find someone to reach out and encourage and bless. Don't wait. Do it now. Refresh those who have refreshed you. Amen? Hey, but there's a second danger when, if, if this giving and receiving isn't both taking place. One, right, those who are giving don't remember to receive. But the other, the other danger, I believe, is when people are receivers only of ministry and do not prioritize or remember that they're also designed to be a giver of ministry. And when that happens, it points to something that I believe is terribly broken because no one is called to be perpetually immature. 
And honestly, people that do not ever learn to give ministry are kind of trapped in this perpetual immaturity, spiritual immaturity, where they don't realize that God has designed you to be a giver of ministry, to bless people in the name and the life of Jesus, to not only be a receiver of that living water, but to be a giver of that living water. It reminds me of of one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, it's kind of big in the Moss Holder home. And uh, I'm not gonna tell you the name of the movie. Um, in fact, if, if you go on to where however you're watching this video, if you're on YouTube, you're on Facebook, the first people that get this name of the movie right, okay, we're gonna send you a little love gift, a little, little, little token of our, our love and appreciation because you'll be the winners. What's the name of this movie? There's a character who is like this right here, who just is so needy. And so I love the line in the movie when he says, gimme, 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 I need, I need, I need, I need. Do you know the movie? But listen, there are some believers that I have met, even some people that have walked with the Lord for a long time who have been trapped in that kind of spiritual immaturity where it's gimme, gimme, gimme. I need, I need, I need more, more, more. But they never get to that point where they're like, okay, now out of the overflow of my life, now I get to give to others around me some of that living water of Jesus that's been poured into my life, right? We are all called to grow to maturity, which is exactly the Apostle Paul's point, because if you were to keep reading what you find in the very next verses of, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, is that he says when both of these things are happening correctly, when there's both this giving and receiving that's taking place, he says two things are going to happen. That there's going to be a unity in God's church and that we are all going to come to the maturity of the Lord. Unity in the church, maturity in the church, when both of these things are happening, the giving and the receiving. I just want to ask you a question. Could it be that when we see disunity in churches or this perpetual immaturity in churches, might it be that we have not caught on to the reality that we are called to be both givers and receivers of ministry, Both of these happening simultaneously. Some may ask, say, Pastor, I want to be a giver. I just just don't know how. Well, listen, next week we are going to do a deeper dive into that topic, how to be a giver of ministry. But I'll tell you, you don't have to wait, right? And you certainly don't have to wait for a church to uh, uh, come back to full openness to be a giver of ministry. Start today by just saying, Jesus, how can I be a blessing today. Might start right there in your home. Might start with a next door neighbor. But don't wait, but we are gonna take a deeper dive into that topic next week. But for the next minutes, we're gonna discover how to position ourselves to be receivers of ministry. Sound good? Some of you today are in a place where you really need to receive ministry. You may be a giver of ministry yourself. Someone may call you pastor, may call you elder. uh, But listen, I'll tell you, we all need to be receivers. All of us need to receive ministry. So we're going to learn today through this conversation that Cornelius and Peter have how to be people who receive 
ministry. And I believe that God's going to give you a gift today as you would ready your hearts to be someone who says, God, I need to receive from you. So we're going back to Acts chapter 10 when Peter first meets Cornelius. We're going to pick up the story in verse 30. And this is where Cornelius is just telling Peter about this amazing vision that he received. So Acts 10, verses 30 through 33, read along with me. Four days ago, Cornelius says, I was praying in my house about this same time, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now, send messengers to Joppa, that's the city of Joppa, and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. So, Cornelius says, I sent for you at once, and it was so good of you to come. So, Cornelius tells Peter this amazing story of this, of being in prayer to God. He didn't know Jesus yet, but, but he was this God-fearer who was in prayer, and all of a sudden there's this angel that is, that is there that is both affirming him and giving him instruction. Send to the city of Joppa, find this guy named Simon Peter, bring him to you, and he's like, man, and here you are, you're in my house. And as a reminder, it wasn't just Cornelius in the house. He had actually, in faith, that Peter was actually going to show up, even though he'd never met him. He'd invited his family and his friends to be there in the house for Peter's arrival. And so, man, it's like, you're so, it's so good of you that you came. And then he says, Cornelius says these words that we're going to focus on for the next moments together. It's at the end of verse 33 of Acts 10. And he says this, now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Let's read that again. Now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. They were so ready to receive. Their hearts were prepared like the soil, right? It had been cultivated and the, the weeds removed. It was just so ready to receive something fresh from God. So Cornelius in this statement, I believe gives us kind of these three points here in this statement that he communicates to Peter that we're going to learn from for ourselves today, how we can prepare our hearts, how we can be that good soil, ready to receive some ministry from Jesus himself. So here we go. We're going to break down what Cornelius said here. The first thing that he says is now we are all here. Now we are all here. Listen, in today's world, it can be extremely challenging to be fully present in the moment, to be all here, right? I mean, there are so many distractions in today's world that are calling for our attention. 
I believe that even right now in this moment, it is highly likely that your attention could be divided. I don't know, what, what might it be? Well, it could be the phone that is in your hand right now. It's like, right? It's like, oh, dang, the pastor caught me. Uh, I wasn't just taking notes. I was also on Instagram and I was on Facebook. I was live tweeting the pastor's message. It was really good. That's all awesome. But listen, it, it, you know, so, so often our phones can just be that distraction, right? We're, we're coming into a place where we're wanting to receive something from God, but that phone can be a distraction. I mean, just very easily, just think about this. It's like when your hands are already filled with something, it's hard to receive something. And oftentimes it's that phone, right, that is calling out for our attention and distracting us from being fully present. Maybe it's something else. You know, maybe it's like, kids running around the couch right now and like, hey, you be quiet, you be quiet. It's like, you know, it's, it, there, there may be other just like actual physical distractions around you. Very possibly your mind is taken to different places right now. Maybe, maybe it is the fires that are happening around our state. You know, maybe it's a, a, an election that's coming up. Maybe it's, you know, something else that's taking place in our world, the pandemic. There's so many things so many things that could be calling for our attention and like, look at this, look at that, look at that. You know, it's like uh, in the movie Up, you know, where it's like, squirrel, you know? Uh, it, it's like, it's those things that are just calling for our attention and boop, our, our brains go other places where we are no longer fully present in the moment. Maybe it's just that you're really busy. You know, it's like there's so many things like racing through your mind. Uh, Kelly never deals with this, never deals with this. No, nah. uh, but I'll tell you, it's like her mind just works in like to-do list. Bah, 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 bah. And the more that's on that to-do list, I, I mean, that's her story to tell. You could ask her about that. But it could be something maybe that you deal with where there's a distraction that's going on just because of your to-do list. There's just so many things in your life that are calling for your attention. Maybe you're struggling with anxiety. Just those racing thoughts about the future that are stealing your joy and stealing your attention. Listen, friends, or maybe it's your phone. Uh, there are so many things that are calling for our attention. It is difficult to be fully present in the moment. Like where Cornelius said, now, we are all here. We are, we're focused we're ready. Our, our hearts and minds are prepared. So I want to take you through just a little three-step little exercise. Can you do this with me right, right now? First of all, what I would like you to do, wherever you are, I'm just going to ask that you would try, attempt to get everyone. Let's just be still for a moment. Maybe you need to like grab a child and pull them onto your lap and say, hey, we're just going to be quiet just, just for the next moment. Tell people who are talking around you, shh, hey, listen, listen, listen. Let's just be quiet for a moment. Secondly, if there is a phone that's like in your hand or right next to you, those things just yell for our attention. Can you just reach over and just like put it on silent and throw it across the room? <laughs> or maybe don't throw it, but like stick it somewhere down underneath where it's not gonna be like bleeping and flashing and calling for your attention. Third thing to do, is just be silent for a moment. Take a deep breath. 
take a deep breath, breathe it out. The psalmist in Psalm 46 said, be still, be still and know that I am God. Listen, if you've been around Santa Maria Foursquare Church for a while, you've heard us talk about EHS, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. If you've gone through that course, you'll know the importance of silence before the Lord. The importance of just taking time daily to do this very thing, to become fully present, just to silence the commotion, the racing thoughts, Right? The anxiousness, the noise, to be still and know he is God. But that's not all that Cornelius says, because he goes on to a second part of this statement that is just beautiful. He says, the second thing he says, now we're all here waiting before God. Waiting before God. So he is recognizing right here that it's not just we who are fully present, we also have this vibrant expectation that not only am I present, God is present. That literally the God of the universe is right here, right? Because we're not just practicing some mindfulness, some place where we try to empty our minds and, and get to this place of, you know, like there's no conscious thought or something like that. That's, that's not what we're talking about when we talk about silence before the Lord. We're talking about this right here. We're talking about being fully present, but then recognizing that God is present. We are all right here before God. We recognize, God, that you are here. Listen, this was Jesus' promise to us about this. It's captured in the book of John, chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. Jesus said this. He said, and I will ask the Father. This will be before you return to heaven. His disciples were a little concerned. It's like, we're losing you, God. We're losing you, Jesus. And he's like, no. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Friends, God is with you right now, right in this moment. And, and listen, for those of you that are like, wow, well, you know, I, I'm not even sure about this faith thing and I'm not sure about Jesus. Not, I don't know about the Holy Spirit. Listen, neither did Cornelius. Cornelius has said, when we looked at last week, he was a God-fearer, right? He believed that there was some God who had some control over his future and destiny, and, and so that actually changed the way he lived. He was someone who prayed and gave and, and was thoughtful, and God saw that. He saw, God saw his heart, and God sees your heart. If you're someone who just like, man, I'm still trying to figure this all out, but I'm pressing in. Listen, this is what Jesus said. He said, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek, you will find. And that's exactly what Cornelius experienced. And that's exactly what we can experience right here, right now. By being fully present and, be and also believing, Jesus, you are present 
through your Holy Spirit, you are here. And I love this. I love this. And just think with me for a moment. Cornelius wasn't in a church building when he was like experiencing the presence of God or saying, you know, we're all here before God. No, he was in his home. Just like probably most of you are that are watching or listening to this message. You're at home. You're not here with me on our church campus. And you know what? That is okay. Because God is not just in a building. He is, does not just inhabit church buildings. He inhabits the very presence where you are. He is with you. He is with you. So Cornelius is recognizing fully present. I'm fully present and I believe with expectation that God is present as well. But there's one more part. And I think this is just so amazing what he says. Check this out. Third thing. He says, now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. So they were expectant, not only that God was present, but that he had something for them. Something uniquely crafted by God for Cornelius and and his family and those who were gathered. Something that was fresh for this moment. I'm reminded of the children of Israel who God rescued out of captivity in Egypt, but then they were in the desert for 40 years. But every day, God brought them food. It was called manna. It was this bread from heaven. You know what? Jesus described himself as bread, right? The bread of life. They believed that God had something for them. I'm telling you, friends, God has something for you, and it is fresh bread. It is something right now that is for you. It ain't yesterday's leftovers that God's reheating and serving to you. It is something fresh for you right now in this moment. Don't forget. Don't forget that God has something for you. Cornelius didn't forget it. Like, we're waiting right now. God's got something for us. God has something for you. For you. Hebrews 11.6, one of my favorite scriptures. It's in the, the chapter of faith. And the author of Hebrews writes this in Hebrews 11.6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him, must believe that God exists, right? That he's like present, he's real. Believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. A reward, God has a reward for you. If you are seeking him, if you are pressing in and saying, God, I want to come to know you more Show yourself to me. Like even if you're, if you're real, I want to know you. Or those of you that said, God, I know you're real, but I want more. I, I'm like pressing in and seeing. God's promises is that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. In other words, he's got gifts for you. So now we're all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. 
Those were the words of Cornelius. But I want to give you even easier words to remember this. Because I want you, every time you're like, man, I need to receive something from the Lord. And hopefully that's daily. I want to give you just like these three super easy points that I believe you're never never going to forget. You ready? When we're getting ready to receive from Jesus, be present, fully present, believe God is present, and believe God is about to give you a present. It's all about his presence, our presence, and the fact that he's wanting to reward us, to gift us, to give us presence every day, like from his throne room right into your life. Be fully present, believe God is present, and believe God is about to give you a present. I believe that these three action points are gonna help us, not just like when we come to church on Sunday and preaching is going on and, and, uh, and you know, it's like, okay, I, I guess I'm, you know, I need to kind of ready myself. This is a daily activity. This is daily, friends. This is like when you get up in the morning and, and you wanna just, come before the Lord and, and maybe your habit is like, I'm going to read a devotional, I'm going to read a chapter in scripture, I'm going to spend a few minutes in prayer. That's awesome. Maybe you're doing some of those EHS things about, about learning to be in silence and, 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 and just learning to discern God's voice. That's all awesome. But I'm going to ask you to like, next time you go to do those things, to remember these three action steps. Be fully present. Believe that God is present and believe God is about to give you a present, a reward, that thing for earnestly seeking after him. I believe it will change our lives. I believe it'll change our stories because friends, you are not just called to be a giver of ministry because if you do that, you're gonna dry up, you're gonna burn out, and blow away, and we'll, we'll miss you very, very much so. God has called you to be a receiver of ministry. Next week, we're gonna go deeper into this. We're gonna see how you can actually move towards being a person who gives ministry. And we're also gonna see what happens when both this giving and receiving take place because the Holy Spirit is poured out upon Cornelius's house. And friends, today, I am believing that right where you are, that God is going to pour out his Holy Spirit right where you are. Because I believe you are doing these things right now. And I have a few of my team that are here with me right now. We are praying for you in this moment. We are praying that God is gonna pour out his spirit on you when you're saying, God, I am fully present before you. God, I am believing that you are present here with me. And God, now I am ready to receive a present from you. I believe that you have something for me right now in this moment. So can we just pray together, even as my team right here is praying for you at home, would you pray along with me? Jesus, I pray, Lord, for all of my Friends, Lord, that are connected online right now, right in this moment. God, I believe that 
Even as I was praying this morning, I believe that there are people who have something going on in their body, a sickness, an infection, something that is holding back your health from becoming full again. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe it's something the doctor has said, yeah, don't expect this to get better. But I believe that God is going to reward you, give you a gift of renewed health, a miracle of renewed health. There are some today that I believe that God is going to heal. Would you receive that gift? If that's for you to say, God, I lay hold of that. I claim it for myself. God, I receive your healing grace, that reward in my life. I believe there are some of you that have had a troubled mind, that there has been depression, there's been anxiety that has been plaguing your mind and and really kind of almost making it very difficult to be fully present in the moment. I believe that God is bringing peace as your reward right into this moment. Friends, receive it. Receive God's peace right in this very moment. I also believe that there are others who have, maybe you've been a God-fearer, you've been a God-seeker, but you've never come to that point of actually receiving the gift of new life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you right now are saying, Jesus, I receive you as my gift. I receive you as my reward. Here is God's promise. You will come to new life in him. Jesus called it actually being born again. You've been born once physically, but we all need to come to spiritual birth. And it happens as we surrender our life into his hands. He went to the cross to pay the price that you could never pay for all sin, all brokenness, every wrong thing that we've ever done. He paid that price so that you don't have to. You couldn't anyway. He's already done it. He's accomplished it. He is the victor. And when we say, God, we surrender our lives to you, we come into relationship with you, we receive your life and your forgiveness guess what? We join the victor. We are his kids. Our father is the king who is above every, every issue that you're going to face. So Jesus, we pray for that new life. And if that's you, you can just pray right where you are, a really simple prayer like this. Jesus, I give you my life. I accept your forgiveness. Lord, I receive it right now. Lord, and I repent of all of the wrong that I've done and exchange all of that for newness in life in you. I receive you today as my Savior and my Lord. I'm going to do all I can to follow after you in the days to come. Listen, friend, if that's you, maybe, maybe it was you that received a physical healing. We would love to know about it. Man, if God is setting you free from anxiety, from depression, from a troubled mind, 
I'd love to know about that as well. Or maybe you made a decision right now, today, listening to this message to just receive from the Lord. Would you just please do me a favor? Would you just go over to our website, sm4.org? sm4.org, you're gonna see right on the homepage there, it says virtual connection card. If you just click that, it's gonna take you to a little place where you can drop us a note. That's gonna come right to me because I wanna be praying for you. I wanna hear your story. And listen, if you've given your life to Jesus, we even wanna send you a little gift, just a, a booklet about just what that really means and entails about saying yes to God and how to keep saying yes to him in the future. Friends, you're loved. Can't wait to be back with you online next week. And then the week after that, man, there's gonna be even an opportunity for some of you to join with us here, right here on the campus for Worship in the Word. We'll tell you more about that next week. But until uh, next time, you're loved and Jesus loves you too. We'll see you soon.